0: Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb, and I want to welcome you either back or welcome you for the first time for joining us here in the podcast, where we look at trying to help out players not only from a physical standpoint, and you'll learn and hear things through how we can help them be better ball players, but more importantly, how to help them become better men through the game of baseball and through the lessons learned by being a part of a team, by being a part of a program by being a part of something bigger than themselves, Um, which we know that they will be more longer, sorry, they'll be longer men than they will be ballplayers. So it's important for us to teach them lessons and to have those things important to us and teach a mentality so we can create an even better person, which in turn will create a better ballplayer. So today you'll hear from a Another great coach, the coach who I had the pleasure of playing for at Salisbury University, Ron Sires. Coach Sires has been at Salisbury University for 23 years. He just finished up his 23rd season. He is now the associate head coach at Salisbury University. He's helped guide the Seagulls to five World Series appearances, 13 conference championships, and 19 consecutive NCAA appearances. 19 consecutive NCAA appearances. And, um, you know, Coach Sires also has a doctorate in organizational leadership. He is part owner of the Ascendant Global Leadership Company, where he, you know, teaches leadership skills to any organization. Um, but Coach just has a huge passion for the game. You hear it through his conversation. You hear it um, anytime anybody ever talks to him, the huge amount of passion he has for the game, for his players, for leadership and just for making things around him better, making himself better. Um, just a very – been a mentor to many people on and off the field. And, um, you know, especially my, he is just an incredible person. I just can't thank him enough for taking some time. We had some technical difficulties through getting this interview done and and, and this try, trying to record the conversation, which we've re- recorded many conversations. But, of course, the one we want to try to put on the podcast, you know, we've had some. But it's all well worth it. There's tons of information here. I hope that um, – you reach out to him if you have any questions for him. If you want to hear anything else, I'm sure he'd be happy to share. He's always willing to share with me, and I know he's been shared with plenty of other people. Uh, he'll share his email out in the podcast later if you want to get it, but it is S I E R S R R Siers at Salisbury.edu, as well as you can reach out to him on Twitter, at Siers. Again, on Twitter, his handle is at RR Sires, S-I-E-R-S. Coach Sires is a just phenomenal teacher, very passionate, always continues to learn all those qualities that you've heard in the great coaches. He has them. He possesses them. I'm fortunate to have a great relationship with this man, and um, he really helped my career at Salisbury as well as helped me beyond at Salisbury. Uh, becoming the teacher, coach, person I am, and I'm um, very thankful for that, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Please share it on, please just share it. Um, you know, it, it's something that uh, I'm just hoping that brings value to you, and if you have any questions or feedback for me, just feel free to reach out to me at treytcobb at gmail.com. You can also reach out to me on Twitter as well at at coach3, the letter three, Cobb, coach3cobb. So again, just want to say thank you to Coach Sires, and I hope you find some value in our conversation where we talk about leadership, we talk about defensive work, we talk about knowing your purpose. So here he is, Coach Ron Sires from Salisbury University. You finished your 23rd year, and now you're now getting ready to start the 24th. So, how have you know, how have this culture either changed, or how have you been able to kind of continue it at Salisbury?
1: Yeah, that's a, those are um, really insightful um, kind of reflection I've done on the kind of all these things, because like I said, man, I'm just, as I get old, the longer I do this, it's like, holy mackerel, Then like yourself, you get people that played for it, you got families of their own, and kids are kind of going through it, and you're like, wait, wait a minute, where, where did this happen? Um, but I think a couple things here kind of stand out to me, Trey, one would be We've been blessed with so many great quality student athletes um, like yourself, um, others who have come through. We have really, really good players um, in our program, and we've had some consistency um, in our program from the standpoint of whether it was with Coach Fleetwood for 15 years, now Coach Brohan going on seven, and I've been here for uh, going on 24. I think that's um, I think that is kind of unique that you've been able to keep kind of the core components of that um, throughout the years. Um, I also think, I know you're, you're huge on that too, but I'm, I'm a big uh, Peter Drucker fan on the culture, each strategy for breakfast. We kind of taken it to, well, I think it eats it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> um, so we're really intentional um, and consistent with our focus on our values and our standards. I mean, they're in our, our dugouts, um, they're right in the dugouts. As soon as you walk in, it's the first thing that smacks you in the face. Um, and I think that by being consistent in taking those core values and making sure that our behaviors, both as coaches and as student athletes, are congruent, I think that's enabled and kind of empowered the culture throughout throughout the years. Um, I think we're really also pig on continuous improvement. Um, I think it was Muhammad Ali... Uh, Years ago, somebody asked him at 50, he says, man, you're a lot different than what you were at 30. And I think his comment was something to the effect of, well, if I haven't grown and improved in 20 years, then obviously there's something wrong with me. So I'd like to think that as a staff and certainly as a coach, I'm much better um, 32 years into this as I was in year one. But the only reason that's happened is just, you know, each year trying to continually improve, um, you know, doing your action, you know, your after action reviews. Um, having your exit meetings with your student athletes, um, you know, having those courageous conversations. What can we do to improve? You know, what what are we doing that you think is helping you? What are we doing that's you don't think is helping you? Um, I, I myself, personally as coach, I've tried to, I've tried to um, get away so much of, um, you know, looking and asking students. Student athletes' questions from the feel perspective. I was a big, hey, do you feel that? Do you feel the difference? And sometimes I would get some good feedback from that from them. You know, do do you feel yourself when you're pushing through that ground? But do you feel that? But now it's kind of more so. Okay, if you feel it and you do it, can you teach it to somebody else? So we've been really intentional here about um, making sure that you know you and I talked about the expanding roster next year. So. If we have 47, which I think is probably be the roster. If we have 47 guys on our roster and we come out there, we're going to have 47 leaders. Um, We're going to have 47 guys right there um, who are going to be able to um, really kind of take, I'm a big Patrick Lencioni fan as well, um, to kind of take his five dysfunctions of teams and take the dysfunction and make it a competency. So you know, one thing and, and we, with our freshmen coming in or even sometimes our, our transfers is, you know, the idea of who who can they trust, right? You know, um, holy macro, can, can I trust that guy? You know, he's been here for two years. He's been here for one or I'm a freshman. I don't know. So we really try to take time um, and build and model for him that vulnerability trust. It's okay to say you don't know how to do something. It's okay to say you screwed up. Um, it's okay to go to a teammate and ask them, you know what, you know, coach is talking about, um CWIC and DWY SYW and he's throwing these acronyms at me and my head is swimming for the first 2 weeks here I have no clue what he's talking about um, can can you help me and so what I think has really been nice here is that we've had you know sophomore junior seniors who have been in the program for a while who teach others and who lead others so if I'm if I'm going to a, to a practice number 2 and we're working on our um, our ground ball progressions uh, on the side and Tom's not doing what we did yesterday. Well, I'm not going to get all over Tom and ask him what's wrong. When we're done, I'll go to Tom's accountability partner. So if it's Trey, I'll say, okay, hey Trey, you know, how much time did you spend with him yesterday post-practice? Were you out here with him pre-practice today? Um, were you helping him kind of navigate, you know, um, that the fog? Did you lift the fog from him so that he didn't get emotionally intoxicated when we started the drill again, and then he's so much in his head um, that he can't actually perform like he's performed before. Um, so so I, think, I think that intentionality there, um, the vulnerability trust, I think if you, if you really kind of embrace that and, and, you, and you're able to do that, I think then that goes from it's easier to have a passionate dialogue down the road. Right? I mean, I, I don't wake up every day pray thinking, man, I cannot wait to have some conflict today with my student-athletes. Right. Um, I can't wait to have conflict. But if if I've built the trust with them, right, and we love each other and we care for each other, uh, and we've been vulnerable with each other, then it's okay to have that passionate dialogue. Then it's okay to, to master that conflict. Then it's okay for me to um, hold you accountable to the core values <laughs> and the behaviors that we signed in our covenant on our first meeting in the fall that you said you were going to do this. Um, So then I think we're able to get more commitment from the student athlete as opposed to compliance. I've been around a lot in 32 years. Um, I think we've been very blessed here that the culture has really, really promulgated um, an environment of commitment over compliance Um, and, and student athletes paying attention to results. know and and again trying to control what we can control all right I can't always control the outcome of the game but I can certainly control the variables that go into my practice session you know did did I practice today like a national champion did I practice today like a regional champion did I practice today like a conference champion Um, did I practice today like eh, I practice today like a college athlete but probably gonna get me knocked out in the first round of the NCAA regional Um, you know how is my body language today? And I know you're huge on that word. You know, how is my body language? You know, body language never whispers, the old saying, right? It always screams. Mm-hmm. On top of that. So am I holding my, my teammates accountable? You know, so if, if during a you know a simulated practice or whatever and I make an error, what, what's my what's my positive negative response to that? You know, it's not my head hanging, it's not my shoulders hanging, it's looking back at a picture. I got you on the next one. We got two dead. Here we go. But are our teammates holding us accountable? And I know you've been around game a long time too. I found that that peer leadership, that peer accountability—they're going to expect the old guy, Coach Sire, holding them accountable. Um, but what I found is that if the teammates and their peers hold them more accountable to the core values and the standards, um, the results that you tend to get at the end, um, I find, are a lot better. Um, than what they would be if it was just the coach that was always the one doing the leading. So sure. I think that's a very long winded way of saying, um, you know, I, I think that we've been very fortunate in, in what we've been able to do.
0: Yeah, well, I think I absolutely agree. And I and you can even speak to my time there. I mean, it was, you know, it, the, we were the best when we were able to work with each other, hold each other accountable 100%. Um, and those are the best teams, too, you know, where I say, look, we're in charge of this because they really are, um, and we just need to facilitate. As the highest level of coaching is just facilitating. Um, so, so in terms of that, with the accountability partners, are you are you truly yep. intentional about? Hey, you know, having a conversation like you two are accountability partners.
1: Yeah, what we've really been able to do here in the past was one of the things you would inquire about me. How am I? How am I different at year thirty-two? As I was, it's kind of like that old saying. Man, I wish we'd go back and tell our. Uh, you know, our first year coach, okay, man, let me tell you, let me give you a little bit of the wisdom here, the old guy. Uh, unfortunately we we don't have a right to do that. Um, but yeah, the idea there of, you know, so for example, if we start our fall practices and hopefully we're going to get to do that in September, right. Pray for that, and we'll do that. Um, we're really intentional about making sure that our veterans either and a veteran could be somebody has been in a program for one year, you're a veteran that those guys have intentionally, Invited over to their place, hung out with, gone to lunch with, gone to dinner with. It doesn't matter. Made good decisions with. <laughs> is, is our hope right as college coach but that you've you've taken those young guys into the program. And then what I do intentionally, uh, and this is what I could go back and tell my my twenty three year old self back in nineteen eighty nine, um, is that I make sure that in my conversations each day that I have, so I try to. You know, I'm a big Excel spreadsheet guy, Um, and in my Excel spreadsheets, I will keep on there. You know, specifically, I'll try to pick four guys per practice that I'm intentional about having more of a conversation than just skill progression, what we're doing, our team focus, our thematic goals. So then I'll ask them, I'll say, hey, you know, um, which of the veterans, you know, have you hung out with this week? Who's invited you over to their house? Who'd you have lunch with? Just me, and then. Um, if we find now again, is it one hundred percent? Now, if I get somebody come in and say, uh, "Well, coach, I haven't had a, a chance to." Well, did did they invite you? Now, as long as the ki- as long as our veterans are inviting them, like, well, coach, said, man, they invited me over for dinner, but I had I had a bio lab. Or coach, that they invited me over for breakfast this morning, but I had an early. I'm the early lifting guy because I've got an eight o'clock class. Okay, we're on the same page. We'll adjust. If it becomes a, uh, well, I haven't really had. A conversation yet with anyone then we'll go to our veterans and then we'll have that conversation with them individually and then as a group why why did that happen um, we got a lot of guys I wish we had a I've told this coach Brohan forever I wish we had a um, I know, a, a division one budget um, yeah. so that I could really do some uh, Myers Briggs uh, and some disc profiling of our student athletes um, to really then be even more intentional and kind of match them up um, even a little bit more systematically and empirically. Mm-hmm. Um, but based based on our D3 budgets, uh, <laughs> we will go with the idea there of, of being intentional with, with our veteran guys. And man, you know, one, one of the most fulfilling things that, that I've gotten out of this or I get is when we get to the end of the season and you talk to the fresh, you know, you do your exit interviews with everybody. Um, the old saying is your seniors, or at least some coaches think that to the seniors, or totally 100% honest with you at the end because they know their career, the career's over. They're kind of done. I think there's some truth in that. I think there is that they may say some things, but I think also um, there's some wisdom that they've gleaned over the years. But to hear the freshman or the the junior collar or uh, a transfer, the D1 guy that transfers into us, and we get a lot of D1, D2 transfers coming back when they tell us, "Man, Coach, I, you know, I, I was really thankful for Justin or for Trey." Um, or for John, man, they really helped me out. They really loved me up. Um, you know, the old cliche, every coach in America will talk about having a family atmosphere. We all do. We all want it to be, but to me, the proof is always in the pudding of, um, is it actually happening in the program? And is it coming from the people that, that are actually having it happen to them? So to me, that that's the, one of the most fulfilling things I get out of coaching is when those young guys come in and say, coach, man, Tom, yeah, I was with them. They really loved me up. They really helped me. Then you know that that accountability system itself is, is working. And then same thing. We'll ask the veteran guys, Hey, you know, what's going on with, uh, with, uh, with John coach, he's a little bit introverted. Okay. I, I understand that. And I know, so was Tim. And so was Tom. So were those guys. So you got to kind of find a different way to, to love him up. You know, if he's not a big guy there and doesn't want to come over for dinner, because there's going to be, 15 other people there
0: right
1: it's not that he doesn't love it but you man that, that that's just not the way you get in with him so what you need to do with him is you know invite him to breakfast you know we've got we got a lot of our guys that kind of do it was the old Chicago Bulls I think kind of started the Michael Jordan Breakfast Club crew where he got it now again he had his nice um you know 40,000 square foot home where he can invite them all over there but right. um uh, we got a lot of guys that will get up early and get in additional workouts whether it's in the cage whether it's um coming out on the field that I said, hey man, that's a great opportunity here. Invite him, invite him to the breakfast club and, and invite him one on one in that. Don't bring him in with three or four other guys. He's in, for bring him in one. And then you'll develop that relationship with him. He'll understand that you love him and care for him there. And then he might then say, okay, I'll get comfortable being uncomfortable. I'll go to that dinner gathering or, okay, you guys are going to watch a game. Okay, I'll come on and watch a game um, tonight on top of this. So it, it's kind of like it's an evolving thing. But yeah, if I could go back and tell my. 23-year-old self, at the beginning of that, it was absolutely make sure you're intentional about that, partnering them up, and don't think, don't, what we talk a lot about here, Trey, don't commit a suicide, Um, that, hey, man, you know, you're on the SU team, oh, they're going to take care, they're going to love, man, they're 18, 19 years old, and, you know, the prefrontal cortex is not fully developed till 25, so Mm -hmm. if I'm not thinking long, long term on that, Sometimes it's just difficult to realize, holy mackerel, Dad, what, what am I doing <laughs> after practice? So, yeah. so I, I, yeah, I think being intentional about it and hooking them up has really, really kind of, you know, solidified that, that family and that love uh, for each other. And I, and I know you talked about it too. We have, if, I know John Wooden did this study back in the 60s, um, love for somebody to be able to do it at our, at our university, come to our practices and find out how many times do we do we tell each other we love each other how many times do now again I don't know what's going to be in the COVID-19 of the hugs and mm. the low hugs and all that because I'm a big hug so I don't, I don't know how that's going right. to do hugs or ear high fives but I think um that you'd find that it, it's 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 a lot it, it really is and I get that from our we have our athletic coaching students that will come out to our practices and they'll note that kind of in their reflection so it has to be more than just a word, and sure. it's got to be more than just, hey, I'll talk to it about recruiting. No. Talk to the people that have played here. Talk to the alumni. Talk to people that are in the program. now. Talk to the veterans. Go, go to them. Talk, go right away. What can I expect? Um, and then I think the old saying is you got to do it twice as much as you say it, and we talk about D W Y S Y W D. do what you say you will do. So there's two do's, one say, so it's, it's pretty simple. You know, okay, you said you were going to be with him at the breakfast club at 7.15. Were you? It's pretty simple. Um, and you've also got to be open, I found, as a coach, to to feedback from your student-athletes. I'm much more intentional about the feedback from my student-athletes now. So opposed to, Trey, waiting until an exit interview okay. um, or waiting until, you know, Lord, a kid struggles. Well, then they're all ears. Right. Um, you know, getting to them early, you know, I, I, and we've been really, I've been really focused on as the season kind of progressions as progresses, what I've noticed here at SU, you know, we've been blessed. 19 straight regional tournaments, man. Every year you got a chance to win a national title here. I, I'm thankful and uh, so thankful for that on a daily basis. But I also know that for the young guy coming in on the track, that puts a lot of pressure on some kids, Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, you know, the kid that come in and say, "Coach, man, I, I don't want to be the first group that doesn't go to a regional. I, I don't want to be okay. Well, we can't control that part of it, but after week one or week two or week three, as the season kind of goes on, as the games, you know, I don't want to say get more important because we just focus on one at a time. But from the 18, 19 year nineteen-year-olds perspective of, whoa, this is a big conference game. Whoa, man, this kind of gets us in the seating." I'm really focused on going to the student athlete and saying, Hey, here's what I have for you this tomorrow, the next two days. Here's what I would like to work on. That I think is going to help us mentally, physically, psychosocially. What do you think? Now the veteran guys are usually pretty good because they know it's coming. They'll oh, coach me. I mean, I'm, I'm good. Some are like, you know, coach, I'm whatever you got. I'm in, I'm locked in with that. Let's go with that. Others will say, man, coach, I'd like to spend a little bit more time. you know, I'd like to spend a little bit more time, maybe, um, you know, maybe on balls that are deep in the hole for me, um, you know, with a scissor leg as opposed to a right leg, maybe something specific they don't feel I'm getting enough of. Or I'd like during my BP round, um, you know, really focusing on a quick release more. Can I do a double quick as opposed to doing a double shuffle on one round? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We'll do it. And then the freshmen, typically they will come in. And they're like, yeah, well, what? What, what are you asking me? I... I don't know coach so so i've really really changed that way of really trying to get feedback from them because to me now it's more important what they think and is what is in their head Mm -hmm. as opposed to what the old guy here thinks um that will work i'm not the one out there when they say play ball yeah Um, and i want them to, to, to feel that
0: Are you you trying to like, when do you find time to do those things? Just all throughout the practice or do you have specific times? Yeah. Well,
1: what I would do is I will give now, um, now again, here's another thing that's going to change with the COVID world. Um, What would you do now differently from that? So in the past we go at the end of practice and I'm still in many things, a hard copy guy. So I'll just hand out a hard copy. You know, you tell me what you would like to do during, you know, our BP sides, our live group BP, BP sides to me is one of been one of the greatest inventions ever in the history of baseball for a defensive coordinator. I salivate on it every single day. Um, when our kids typically come in, I ask them, I said, did you do many BP sides in your practice in high school? What? Yeah, we, we did BP every day. No, 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 no. BP sides, meaning when you're rotating through, did you have a defensive side for 12 to 15 minutes on the side with the defensive coordinator position coach where you were working on specific skills? Now, as an ex-high school guy too, I know, you know, sometimes I had the coach who was the geography teacher who was, he was, he was a great teacher, man. He was a stud teacher, but I didn't feel comfortable with him doing a BP science for the first week of practice. Right. I didn't know what he was going to do. So I'll ask him, you know, Hey, when you're coming over to me, here's what I've got. And sometimes, you know, they'll write on there, coach. You know, when I'm coming to you, I would rather do more of our early knee progression work than I would our full up full-prone posture work, and I'll get guys who are really big into posture now, um, you know, I'd really like to work some more posture drills, man, I really, those really, I feel good not only when we do them, but then when I'm out there in a game or whatever, I'm not thinking anymore, my body is just kind of reacting in that position, so they'll fill it out at the end of practice, I take it, go back, um, I usually spend, I know you would ask a question there about practice preparation, you know, I'm blessed now, because I'm, at, you know, I'm at the college, so it, obviously the college I have more time to prepare lessons than I did when I was a high school guy. So in between my classes, I'll spend usually an hour to two on my lesson preps for practice. Um, and I will take that data that they had before make my changes individually.
0: So we were just talking about like BP sides, man. And I love that. Cause I never, we never, we had never, that's something how you've grown and that's how you've gotten better. And uh, I love that, man. So what, um, you know, when you get into the BP side, is it strictly just specific skills that each individual needs, or are you kind of group them based on what they need?
1: Yeah, we'll start out usually kind of foundational work. So if and and again, we're fortunate. Number one, we're fortunate with our beautiful new facility, um, which literally um, any piece of the field you can use. Um, but the side, so once BP is set up, what I will do the day before again, on my spreadsheet there. So if let's say yesterday I worked with, um, with our first baseman, usually start out position wise. So I'll go first, third, middle guys, outfielders, catchers. Now we also um, will do it opposite of pre-work. So pre-practice work. If I'm if I worked with the catchers pre-practice and obviously they're not coming to me in BP sides, it will typically be then our first baseman. So when we put our foundational stuff in our footwork our posture, that'll kind of be a collective together. And then once that's established after the first two weeks, then it becomes very partner specific. Um, so then I will have usually in groups of four, some of our BP groups of four, I'll have, I could have two with me. We're also blessed um, to have graduate assistants, yeah. um, which is wonderful. Um, so I get the opportunity to utilize them. So I could do something specific with a group of two Our GA, Jay Perry was our GA Our Jay Perry helped us last year and, um, Austin Hina is going to come back and be our GA this year. could then do two other drills. Um, And then I could do it individually based on on what they need. Um, You and I talked about the Hack Attack Love Fest that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, We um, are fortunate in what we have. We obviously, uh, I would love to have more. Um, But it's nice to have um, all of that stuff in our uh, administrative responsibility. So all that stuff is already sequenced and already set up. So our bow nets are set up. Our rookie machines are set up. The hack attack is set up. The poly spots, the turtle shells, all of that is already set up in the BP side area when we go to BP. So one thing that's enabled me to do is, so that as the coach, I'm able to do more coaching as opposed to, holy macro. now I got to make sure this is set up, that's there, and then you're losing time Mm -hmm. um, as we start. Um, So in the feedback I've gotten from the student athletes, when we do our interview and asking them, you know, Hey, do, do you find that the BP sides, is, is it, is it enhancing your game and to a man coach? Absolutely. I love this. This is great. This gives me, this gives me every single day, a 12 to 15 minute specific intentional focus um, on skills that then I can then take out onto the field. Now we'll chart those two. I know we're, you know, like everybody else, everybody, you know, what, what's, what's the old saying what gets measured tends to get reinforced. Yeah. So, we're charting you know, our, our drills and skills on the side. You know, um, How many drops did we have? Um, how many poor exchanges did we have? How many successful completions did we make? Same thing that we do on the field. And then all that stuff I get to aggregate every day um, and then put it on our Excel board the next day so we can see what our fielding percentages were, what our range was, how many web gems did we have for that day, right? Yeah. How many times did we not, not that, all that cool stuff, which again, for me, again, going back and telling my 23-year-old self, uh, I wish it, as a younger coach I would have done more charting and more aggregation and disaggregation of things <clears throat> that the student-athlete had control over. Because what I have found is that when you're making decisions on, you know, <clears throat> Coach Rohan, I was going to put the lineup together, but he always come to me, okay, defensively, who do you like here? Who do you like here? Who do you like here? <clears throat> it makes it a lot less subjective. Mm-hmm.
0: You know?
1: <laughs> It's every day, you know, here's our standard for our range. You got to be above a thousand. Here's our standard for our fielding percentage. You need to be above a nine eighty. So there's, there's no subjectivity in that on top of, you know, here's what you have. Well, then you probably need to spend a little bit more time in our pre-work. You need to spend a little bit more time, maybe post-work. If you have class and you can't get out here, or when we come over to our BP sides that I'm seeing over there, I'm seeing that you're really, really struggling um, with your bare hand slow rollers. So maybe we need to spend a little bit more time on that when, when you come to me. Um, and what I found by doing that, Trey, is that by charting all that stuff, the student athlete is really tuned in to what he needs to improve upon each day for his own individual goals, um, as opposed to the old guy, Coach Cyrus, again, saying, okay, we're going to we're gonna do this and this. Um, but, but, man, I really think BP sides have really kind of taken us to another level defensively. Um, we've always put priority on pitching and defense. Um, obviously, we want hitters. saying <laughs> mm. we don't gotta score runs. Right. Um, but typically, what I have found is the farther that you go in the season, the farther that you're blessed to be at, to advance, um you're you're gonna face everybody's got a good one, everybody's got a good two, everybody's got a decent bullpen, um, and runs are gonna come few and far between. So you better play good defense. um, and you better be able to shut down their running game. Um, to give yourself an opportunity in that latter third of the game to be successful. So, sure, uh, I wish I would have had BP sides earlier. Yeah, um, great. but man, I just, yeah, I, I absolutely. So you're, love basically,
0: you're basically running those off to when a, when you're saying twelve to fifteen minutes, probably a group to finish hitting, and then we. just That is them. correct.
1: Yeah, so that group will come to me. So the kid, the group that's in the K after they've done our cage work, our pre work, our prep work, our live work, they will do live hitting. They come to me for their BP sides. And then they will rotate out onto the field. We do two defensive rounds because we have five hitting groups. So they get two defensive rounds out on the field. So all that's all that's charted. So let's say, for example, if you know today um, – and I have to coordinate this with our hitting coach. So whatever rounds he is doing, I'll make sure that whatever we're doing defensively makes sense. Um, so if he's working on a, on a power ground ball round – we're doing power ground balls to the infield. Obviously we play on turf, so that help, that's an advantage for us. Okay, great. Well, then I'm going to make sure that we're going to work on infield in on that particular rotation. Um, if he's working on you know, driving the ball the middle of the field, that's going to be my round. We're going to work on D, uh, BP uh, double play feeds and pivots. Um, but then that also can help me on the BP sides of the prep work I can do to get them ready to go for the field. Oh, okay. Got real good feedback on the kids from that too. They like that. They said it's kind of you know I'm kind of you know forming up to warm up and getting to do it. then I get to do it live twice, which is yeah. great, back to back as opposed to it's kind of just you know you know idiosyncratic. I don't want to be a cage guy. then I go one on defense. now I'm one in a cage. um and it kind of gets a little bit takes a little bit of the fluidity out of it. Um, but but yeah, I, I wish I would have I wish I would have done the BP sides a lot earlier in my career.
0: yeah for sure. and when you go to when you go to post, you said you post them I guess at the locker room.
1: Yeah, well, what we'll do team? is yeah, so what we'll do now is again with the beauty of technology, you know, in our group me, I can post everything in there and then you come into our dugouts, which we actually have nice dugouts now, right? Yeah.
0: They're monsters too.
1: Yeah, they're they're absolutely gorgeous. So as we come into our dugouts here on our on our whiteboards on the side, all that will be posted. So everything that we did yesterday defensively, everything we did yesterday offensively, everything we did in our pens, all the position coaches have aggregated disaggregated that Put it up there on the sheets so everybody sees it. As soon as they come in, uh, we'll color code things, you know, real simple stuff. So if it's, you know, your, your fielding percentage, if you're above 980, you're above 980, you'll get a blue, you're above standard. If you're at standard, you're green. And if you're below, you're in the yellow. So it's pretty self-explanatory there that if I'm looking up there and we've had two weeks of practice, um, never would this be a question to you. But if I'd have a question to like Tom and say, Tom, I'm looking up there, man, I, I don't see one. Ball off your chest,
0: hmm.
1: and I don't see one dive. Now, again, I know I'm getting old <laughs> and I'm doing BP side, so sometimes during the live, I'm not saying that. Tell me why that's happening. H- how is that possible? Now, could it be possible that we're doing a lot of Oppo work and you're on the other side of the field? Th- that could be. There could be a legitimate reason. Well, Coach, I, man, we're doing Oppo the other day, and i okay. Well, then I'll make an adjustment. Hey, when we're doing Oppo, right? And we got a lefty group up there, and we're banging Oppo. I don't need you at second base. We're going to throw you over the six hole, right? Uh-huh. six hole, And you're going to get to work on that. Um, or they don't know that, Oh, I'm supposed to go max effort on every ball that's put. Yeah. So that the goal there would be. So then when we get in a game and you do it, it's well, all right. I'm going to clap. my up. Great job. But I mean, I'll know you're going to do it because I've seen you do it, you know, thousands of times in private the, the simple things, um, that are, that I think the charting again takes the subjectivity out of it. It's, yep. it's all for everybody to see. Um, and what I've found is most of student athletes, they don't want to be yellow. Um, they, 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 they don't want to be green. They don't want to be outstanding. They want to be blue yep. um, on top of that. So we do that. And then we'll do the same thing with our gear. Kids get gear uh, in the fall. So you got to earn the gear, right? So in order to earn the gear defensively, you've got to be above all those metrics. So when we end fall practice, if you're not above it, well, you've got to do it on your own. <laughs> you got to do it on your own, get enough reps in so that you get above that so that you can earn the gear. Um, we've had some really cool uh, trucker hats, I call them. They're kind of the big brim top, just with a, a maroon, nothing on it. They look like the old T-ball hats I wore. <laughs> uh, and then we'll have just a blank old uh, maroon shirt, yellow shirt, white shirt. And your white pants—that's what you wear to practice every day in the fall until you earn the lid, the shirts, and then you can wear those.
0: That's cool. Yeah, that's super cool. So, like, and, and are you? I guess is it, is, it, is it broken down into even like two-hand, forehand, backhand, backhand pick, backhand oh, break?
1: Absolutely. Um, and one thing that I've also um, changed—I love it. I love my uh, laminator. I don't know if you have a laminator that you use at your practice, um, but I bought me a laminator about four years ago. Couple t- Actually, a couple of the professors in an apartment, they had it, and I was like, man, is that thing expensive? And they're like, no, man. It's only like 40, 50 bucks get you that. So well, what about the paper? Mm-hmm. Oh, not that bad. So I bought me a laminator, put it on my desk, and then what I'll do is, is I'm typing up my plans, um, and I'm typing up all my progressions for that, whatever it may be, whether it's a star drill, whether it's a square drill, um, whether it is uh, forehand, backhand, uh, whether it's our progression on our knees, or Ozzy Smith, whatever the drill is on that our posture drills. I've got them all laminated. So they're all laminated on top of that. I will then make a copy of that. I send it to all of our infielders prior to practice so they can kind of prepare for it. And then we post it in our dugout. So what I've found from that is that also saves time. That saves two or three minutes as opposed to maybe explaining again what we're doing today. My coach already know it. I've already seen it. Um, Also, we'll videotape um, it on the side too. I mean, it's so nice now with on you know, iPhones and iPads. We've got so many gadgets and devices we can use, can tape it, film it, send it out to them, easy for them to review at the end of practice. Um, and then I just keep, I keep all those laminated sheets with me. Uh, one hole, punch it up on the top and just clip it right on the side of my pants. So you get those little, um, those magnetic strips that come on. I got yeah. it hanging right there. I look like, uh, I'm the offensive coordinator That's for right. Cleveland Browns. Um, so, but the nice thing about that is too, I found out that by clipping that on what, what I found, I used to be, again, going back to what I used to be, used to be a big clipboard guy. So I'm going on a clipboard habit there. And I'd take some, what, what I found is, man, that clipboard can get cumbersome. You know, if I'm feeding the machine or I'm trying to demo something, or I'm trying to actually, you know, hands-on help somebody that clipboard becomes a pain. And then I found that I'd leave it over here and then I'm wasting mm-hmm. 15 seconds to go get it. So I said, I'm changing this. Boom, go to the laminator, clip that bad boy on. It goes with me everywhere. I never lose it. And it allows me the freedom of movement to to be able to coach. That's why I love the rookies and the hack attacks. Um, our goal, uh, hopefully next year, we're going to have a fungo man, at least one of them. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, so that again, it it just allow, it allows you to coach more. Yeah, it does. You, know, you actually get out there with, with the student athlete. And that's the part I enjoy the most is teaching and coaching. So um, yeah, I, I found that, that laminator really allows me to do that to have those things really um, prescriptive.
0: Yeah, well, see, so you talked about you know like you, how you've changed, you know, even from the simple thing of the laminator, and we've talked about other things that you have have changed. What is something that you know in the twenty three years, and I know you've talked more like what's something that's kind of stood the test of time, man? What do you what are you saying like you'll this this hasn't changed,
1: man? Uh, attention to detail. Yes, uh, small things always matter. Um, we will be fundamentally sound we absolutely will be fundamentally sound we will teach pedagogically with sound methodologies and techniques that are based on data and I know I'm preaching to the crowd to the choir that will be based uh, on teaching pedagogy and that has stood the test the test of time we're going to be continuous learners we're going to be continuous learners that's I always try to I'm going to bring something that's another thing that that I found too, is each day that we're doing our progressions, each day we're doing our BP sides. it is going to change. The focus isn't going to change the skill, but we're going to change the way that we do it. And what I found on that is that, man, the, the, the um, focus level and the intensity level really ratchets up because the more particular methodologies I can have for dealing with a backhand ground ball, the better um, focus I get from the student athlete And sometimes I've learned too, is that sometimes a student athlete maybe gets it better by doing it in the way we did in drill number three than maybe they did on drill number one. Now, are you talking in
0: terms of like a cue or are you talking in terms of like off of a fungo or-
1: More so on changing the specific way. So if it's me, like for a simple thing, if we're doing our posture drills, yeah. Maybe yesterday on the posture drills, I was just rolling you the ball. Yeah. Well, maybe today I'm coming. I'm hitting it to you off a tennis racket. And maybe today I'm doing a short bat fungo. And now maybe today I'm doing it on the rookie machine. Okay. Or maybe today we're doing on our knees. So just kind of flipping that up. Uh, that's been having a daily lesson plan. Uh, I'm a lesson plan fanatic. I'm. I don't know if I'm. I am weird, but I love making a lesson plan for practice. I love. I love it even more now when I get to lamp. Coach Brohan kids me all the time about my lamination. He's got his. Life. I, I love it. Um, I think again, if, if you're prepared, you're gonna you're gonna be better. Um, also, uh, continuously being a lifelong reader. Uh, I'm a you know I do believe all great leaders are great readers. Um, this quarantine man, holy mackerel! I've read 23 books. I'm on number 24 now since March wow. the 10th. Um, I try to read a book a week as my goal during the year, um, wow. and I try to take what I'm learning there not only sharing it with the student-athletes, trying to get Coach Brohan to at least get one book every six months. It's getting better. We're getting him there. Um, but also to tell the student-athletes, hey, you know, I read this. Here's how it's kind of impacted my own life, and here's what I'm trying to do differently now. Yeah. Um, and not forcing it on them. Uh, we have done some book clubs before. I love those.
0: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
1: And <clears throat> I think another consist- last consistent thing I would say, Trey, I've done is I really tried to outsite. Um, meaning I always try to go to at least four practices of other sports that have nothing to do with baseball every single year in the fall. So to give you an example, last fall, um, I went to women's field hockey practice. I went to a men's soccer practice. I went to a volleyball practice and I went to a men's football practice. Now, I, I love football. Old football guy, so I I I usually go to a lot of football practice. I love football, but what I do is I'll go to that whole practice. Coach Brohan says I'm the nerd guy up there with my laptop. Yeah, and and I'll sit there and I'm just watching and I'm typing, and I'm videoing to see hey is is there something they're doing there that man we could bring back and make baseball a little bit better. You know, I I love the way that football does periods, five minutes, you know, five minute periods, five minute blocks, and putting clocks up. So. We went and bought – we have this massive – again, Coach Brown, because this massive stopwatch that we now have out on the field. Because I've seen it, – it's always the five-minute, and they're popping it. So that's out there for each of the drills, for each of the three-minute, four-minute increments. Um, or if we're timing guys, getting out of the box, last rep and BP down the line. Um, if we're timing our redirects from the time the ball hits the outfield grass to the time that it gets redirected from, from the outfielder. We got, we have, we have a five second redirect rule that that's up there for them. So all this, I'm thinking, you know, all this stuff I'm getting from, from football, right. Um, Or you go to go to a field hockey practice and how they'll do their skill progressions. It's a little bit different than how we do ours. I'm like, man, I could take that back. That's unique. So what what I've tried to do there over here, just continue to learn, man. Um, And even, and even go out to, you know, to me, and I may be biased in this, I think, some of the greatest, greatest coaches in all the sports are our high school coaches, our high school and youth sports, our legion coach. Because what I found those is they've got to be more than just one thing. You know, I'm blessed. I can come to practice and Coach ours, is the defensive coordinator. Okay. <laughs> great, man. I'm wrong with that. I'm not the hitting coach now. I'm not the pitching coach today. <laughs>
0: Right.
1: You know, whereas those high man, man, you're, you're kind of everything. And I, really? I think Put that, by that yeah, you, you kind of see how they can overlap some things. Um, and really put them together. So I would say that those things, Trey, I've really tried to be consistent with um, over the years um, to, to make sure that, that that's going to be our focus, and that's really an important part. We recruit kids, we tell them that, share with them our core values. Here's our standards. Here's how we do it. And hey, you, you may look at that and it's okay, and you may say, "Man, that that's that's not for me." That's okay, but okay. I'd re- I, I want you to have. I want you to tell me that now, not a year into it or two years into it. Or a half year into it, you know, you and I have talked about taking you know, a we, we serve uh, breakfast to the homeless, mm-hmm. uh, pre-COVID, pre-COVID here, right? Every Friday morning from six thirty to eight thirty. Um, there's a Hope and, and Life Outreach Shelter here in Salisbury. We have a big homeless problem here, so we go in and, and man, we we buy it. We buy the thirty pounds of potatoes. Um, we cook them, chipe, chop them, dice them with the peppers, with the onions. We cook the potatoes. We cook the eggs. Um, We do the bread, we do the coffee, serve it, clean it up, serve the participants that are there, clean that whole thing up till 8:30, and then we come in the next Friday. So we do squads. We have eight teams of six to seven guys. Okay. And each Friday we rotate. I'm there every Friday. That's I'm I'm there. I think service is a big component of what we do, giving back, helping others. Um, I know a lot of people talk about Gen Zers and Millennials and people feel entitled and I kind of think back to my growing up and kids. I played, I had some kids that were entitled when I was a young, young kid. Sure. <laughs> I had some people that had some, so I mean, you know, but, but I, I really have found that by doing this service component, man, it's just, it just brought such a change um, to our mentality of our student athletes for being appreciative. Not only of what, like you talked about earlier, but man, you get to go to practice today. Yeah. not You know, not, No, I don't have to. I get to, man. I get to go to practice today. I get an opportunity to have BP today. I get an opportunity to get better. I get an opportunity, holy mackerel. Or I've even had kids in in pressure moments in games, Mm -hmm. you know, from coaching third, and you can just kind of see the tension in their body. And, you know, we'll go down and talk to them. I'm looking at them, and you can just see the breathing is just heavy, right? So we're trying to get our focus back in control what we can. And my cue has always been to them is, hey, man, we're, we're we're, we're not in Halo. And even I'll have kids will come down and tell me that like coach I'm taking a deep breath right now. It's made me more relaxed in pressure situation. Cause I don't have any pressure. Yeah. So, so what I got to, you know, there's two outs and there's running a second. They're down one to nine, man, that ain't pressure coach. Pressure's those little kids getting on that bus to go to school that I just fed mm-hmm. pressures on that family there that has nowhere else to live. So we're really intentional about doing that too. And like I said, with recruiting so that if, if you're a kid coming in and you're like, whoa, yeah. What a minute. 6 6.30 on the front? Minute, I me I got to get them do what? And so, then this this place is probably not going to be for you. Um, but we're real big on servant leadership. Um, our player of the game, you talk about traditions here. We have a theme each year. Um, this year, our theme was, you know, you, you want to be a rock more than you want to be a jelly bean or a marshmallow. Sure. You know, so that, that particular rock mentally, physically during the game. At the end of the game, the kids will say, okay, who's our rock? We got a little maroon and gold rock. They sign it, right? We put it on there. We'll go out there. We'll tweet them out and, and love them up um, as we go through. But, but what I've found is that by doing all of that servant leadership is that whoever is the rock guy or guys, right, whoever that person was, they get the privilege of sweeping out and cleaning out the dugouts at the end. It's not that they don't get the privilege of not doing anything. No, no, no. You were the rock today. You are the servant leader. Now as that servant leader, you're going to show us how it's done. Mm. And you will clean the dugouts uh, and make sure they are absolutely spick and span. And that particular, again, going back to what I mentioned earlier about really, you know, doing what you say you're going to do easy to just mention servant. No, I'm, no, we're doing it. Uh, we've had football teams now that are coming. It's been so awesome. That is football great. teams, soccer teams, basketball teams, FCA groups, crew, it's kind of like just started out as this little group of baseball to now we've expanded from Friday to now we've gone from Friday to Wednesday, Friday to Wednesday to Monday. And My goal is they serve 21 meals there. We've got 21 um, intercollegiate athletic teams here. I'd love to have one team take one meal
0: yeah.
1: um, each of the year and really give, give back to the community.
0: That's incredible. And you only do that during the spring or is that all year?
1: We do it all year. Yeah, but we do it all year. We do it in the fall and we do it in the spring. Okay, Absolutely. And so each person, you know, I'll do in our group, I have all of our squads picked out and in the group, me, I'll have it on there. We'll say, okay, Hey, Trey, you know, you're bringing 10 pounds of potatoes. Uh, or John, you're bringing 24 eggs or Tim, you're bringing peppers. So it doesn't become a financial impediment because you're, you're just rotating it through a couple times. You know, I'm there every Friday. Yeah. But you yourself are coming two and three times a semester, so you kind of know that going in, you know, okay, I'm going to need five bucks for this, for that one, five bucks for this, five for that. If there ever is an issue where we have a student athlete, it's really, really, say, Coach, I don't have the five. They come to me. I'll help out. We'll take care of them on that. Um, that has not been an that, – that hadn't been an issue at all. And then we've had other, other teammates that will kind of pick other teammates out. And It's been so cool, Trey, where, you know, somebody will come to me and say, Coach, I got to – I got an eight o'clock class or I got an eight o'clock lab next Friday. Um, I, I'm, and our rule of that is, okay, that's great. You, you'll be there to 630 to when you think you have to go to prepare. You yeah. know that I don't, but then also you will, you got to secure a teammate who's going to come in and take your spot from seven 30 to eight 30. And what we tend to find, what I found is it's not one guy that says it's like, I get three and four guys coach. I got him. I'm there. I'm there. I got him. I'm in. We got alumni that come back in. Oh, it's just been it's been so cool. Um, Of all the things I've done in thirty-something years of coaching baseball, I'd put that one up there at in the top three. Uh, Just being thankful and grateful uh, and appreciative for what you have um, makes it a little bit easier when you think that you're stressed out because you got to finish that ten-page paper. Sure. Um, Or you got to go to the biology lab tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Like you said, the the pressure at the end of the game, you know, you're just still much better different perspective.
1: Absolutely. Kids have told me it's easier to concentrate on their pleasure uh, more than the pressure just by consistently being, being that servant leader.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, Oh man, that's a great. So like, uh, I just started thinking about, you know, as you're doing these things, you're teaching a lot of lessons and, you know, uh, even to help speed the learning curve up. And I'm sure everybody talks about the classroom setting now, you know, with you being on campus now too, I'm wondering, have you gotten into the classroom at all?
1: Oh man. Now you're going to make me salivate now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's my, that's the next goal. After we get the fungo man, okay. then we're going to get the, uh, t- uh, the clubhouse. We got the clubhouse, the fungo man and the classroom. Now we're very, again, very blessed right across from our facility when they built the new They have the stadium that was built there eight years ago. Uh, There is a classroom in that stadium that I get to use, which is wonderful. Now, um, I I try to also balance it, Trey. um, You know, what what is the right balance with the classroom? Is a classroom every day that you have before practice? Is it something you do maybe a couple times a week? Is it you only want to do it with a specific group each time? We've done them all. We've done them all. Um, Coach Brohan um, is not what I would call the most vociferous of speakers. Um, he's a very quiet guy. Um, and so his kind of thing, well, he goes, if we're doing the classroom, do do you want the whole team up there? Do you just want the position guys up there? Do you want the pictures up there? So what we've done is we've kind of spread it out and rotated it. Okay. Now, sometimes we'll have team sessions. Everybody's there. The whole team is there uh, because we're talking about a cultural norm. Right. right? Or somebody in the team has either Holy mackerel has done something above and beyond the norm or as in life, right? Logical consequences are the best reinforcers in life I have found. So maybe somebody's violated a cultural norm mm-hmm. or maybe as a group, we did, maybe, 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 we just didn't do something that we should have done. Maybe we didn't clean up the weight room. You know, maybe, maybe we didn't, didn't clean our plates in the weight room on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that goes against, you know, being a good teammate, being a teammate. So we'll talk about those. Then other times we'll have classrooms before practice, if, if we're going to put in a new schematic, you know, um, really have tried to truncate our first and thirds and bunt D's down to those, you know, and we'll chart those all throughout the year of, okay, you know, how many times did we use this? How many times did we, okay. And the ones that we're using the most, obviously put more practice time in it kind of like the same of, you know, am I going to get more ground balls to my left, to my right, in the slot backhand and then, and then practicing accordingly. So then maybe it's going up there and doing that, but just with a specific position group, maybe it's coach Brohan. Hey, he's just going up there dealing with the pitchers. Okay, Um, we're dealing with our body language during our inner squad the other day. Thought three guys came off and had really poor body language coming off the mound in between innings. Um, And not only did that ripple effect throughout the rest of the staff, but also did the team. So maybe he's dealing with that. Um, I love going in the classroom. I think that's where some of the best learning occurs. And and here's what I have found: is that when you're in the classroom, I think there's kind of an inherent an inherent positioning of okay, whoa, okay, I'm in the classroom now. All right, are we going? Are you going to? Yeah, you are going to take copious notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah you are going to take copious notes. Yes, you are going to have you know, note- oh, absolutely, you are, no doubt about it. Um, yes, we are going to be attentive and engaged on top of this. Um, so hopefully, in that, not only I've seen it improve us what we do on the field, and again, I go back to my 23 year old self. Well, for crying out loud, Ron, why didn't you talk about it? Show it, which we can do now visually, right? So we'll right. Video, here's, here's what we're getting ready to do. All right. right, I've heard it, I've written it down. Okay, I've seen it. Great. Now I'm going to go out and do it. And what I find is there's a lot less confusion and there's a lot less feeling of inferiority for the young guy who he feels like, well, we, we didn't use that terminology, we didn't use that cue. Oh, coach, that minute, that's not the way. Okay, now I've seen I've done it. They tend to perform better, which I'm a big believer in you know, confidence comes two ways, right? Uh, Skill acquisition. I think the classroom helps with skill acquisition. So if I put in my 10,000 hours and my 10,000 reps, okay, that's great. But then I also have to then have my demonstrated performance. And so what I have found by showing it and doing it in the classroom, it augments skill acquisition. And then I see the demonstrated performance in the games or in the inner squads come a little bit sooner than what they did before, where I would say, well, why is, why is he not, he's not paying attention. How can he not? Well, no, 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 Ron, look at you. You, you didn't, you didn't explain it well. You didn't give them a visual and front load that form before they started it. That's not his fault. That's coach Cyrus's fault. Right. Because I'm, I'm the one that's been doing it, not them. So therefore I, I really, I think the classroom is really, um, I love the classroom. Um, But I think it's really put a more focus on the coaches. Hey, are we doing everything we need to do prior to putting them out there in the arena to do it as opposed to just going right to the arena and then we do it. And then I screw it up three and four times. And maybe I'm that introvert kid that man, I haven't screwed up too much because I was the three hitter. I was the man. I was the all state guy. I was a stud. You know, I was getting offered 25% by five different places (laughs) Holy mackerel. Ah, what now I'm screwing up this year. So rather than have it set them back, I try to try to expedite the curve, the learning curve, if you will. Yeah. So that we can get more to where we need to be a little bit quicker. And I think the classroom does that, ma'am. You can use yeah. the dugout. I mean, heck when coach fleet was coach, you use the dugout yep. sometimes as a classroom. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I think it is, I think it's huge. Um, I love it. Um, if I was the head coach, not the associate coach, would I, would we have more in the class? We probably, I would probably be in there more. Um, And I've also tried to make sure that when we do it, that we really make sure it's purposeful to the point. Yeah. Purposeful to the point. um, And it's for a specific amount of time. Yeah,
0: for sure. And I I think with all your guys' rules too, and how much time you're allowed to, it would allow people like not so much, you know, your time is value when you get out there. And so you, we would hit the ground running, so that classroom will just kind of help you just move.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and especially with so in the fall we'll get sixteen practices, right? Well, that now if you if you don't get sixteen, you may say that's a lot, um, but it's not a ton. It's not, so again, you're exactly right. It really makes the pra- practice more efficient and effective. Um, that's one thing that we really try hard here is make sure that that practice with time we start timing it was efficient, it was effective, man, and we didn't waste anybody's time
0: Mm
1: -hmm. searching for something looking for something pulling something because you know kids have classes yeah you know they they have um you know they gotta go they gotta go eat they gotta do home I mean everybody has other things in so I think it's being I think it's showing respect to the student athlete that if you're asking them to be prompt on time focused honed in then you better darn well be as, as the coach
0: sure Sure, no, you always get to kind of rehearse the practice before it even happens to in your mind, you know, everything Absolutely. happens, to, everything happens twice,
1: man. We build those mental maps a lot. Um, getting the feedback from the kids about the class, you know, Hey, did, did you have this where you came from? Did you guys do this a lot? Did you see it a lot? Some did most do not. And most of what I find is not because the coaches didn't want to do it. They didn't have the facilities, the time, the equipment or the capacity on the staff, you know, sure. one guy had it and he's getting the, you know, the chemistry teacher and the geography teacher, and this guy couldn't be here because he was working a job, and okay, Coach Jones, isn't going to be here today, because, you know, you're, you're you're really blessed at the college level um, to just have more, not only better facilities, uh, for the most part, um, but just more capacity with human resources. Mm-hmm.
0: And the consistency of that, you know, like and, you said, yep, guys yep. not being able to be there, certain guys that can only be there on Mondays or Wednesdays, and
1: and man, try I'll go back to that thing you asked the beginning about one thing about the consistency. That's what we've been very blessed with. We've always had a core group of at least three, usually five guys who, man, you you know they're going to be there. Practice going to be it's they're there. Yeah.
0: And like you said, you have to bounce those ideas off the hitting coach. And then you, that just that just serves for like more purposeful reps. You know that we're getting. Like yeah, I know absolutely like, and how you
1: know that about it.
0: Yeah, and so that's and that's worst, pretty important.
1: Yeah, one of the worst things I I always tell. Uh, our young coach, I said, if a kid ever comes up to you and he says, What are we doing now? Look yourself in the mirror, not at him. So, what either has happened is you haven't posted it, you haven't prepped him for it, you haven't front loaded it on top of that. Um, and now you're going to have to waste time explaining it again because you didn't do all that at the front part. Nobody's, that's one thing we try to our practice, is nobody's asking what we're doing, how, we're, no. We've seen it, we've done it, it's posted, it's there, you've got it in front of you, and you've always got, as you mentioned earlier, you've got your, you know, your commitment partner there with you that, that's going to help you through. I also found out, too, one thing I didn't add in that commitment partner thing is, man, you know, the more that you coach, it's kind of like teaching, too, right? The more you teach something, more you coach something, the better you become. Mm-hmm. So it's really fascinating to watch our, our guys as they mature, just listen to them and the language they use and the and the demonstrations they show, and the cues that they talk about you just kind of sit back and go that's impressive man that's impressive that's um, cool. and they become a, a much better player because they've been you know they, they've been teaching and coaching since they got here
0: mm-hmm. so like i mean so with you doing these bp sides and things like that are you still putting in uh putting emphasis on like you know your position work before we start bp are you you know them sure getting in team defense but are you still having, or did that kind of alleviate the the position work time since you're not building it into BP?
1: Great question. Um, what we do now is we also, again, fortunate and blessed because it's college, right? Each day I have 45 minutes of early work. So in that 45 minutes of early work, and again, it's always skill specific. Could be first baseman again, right? Middle guys, corners, catchers, or outfielders. So I get that rotates in with what I'm rotating in on the BP side. So if I'm working with the outfielders today uh, and we're working gap routes in the outfield, then when those guys are doing BP sides, they're not gonna rotate to me. Again, I'm gonna have another group. So basically what it's allowed me to do is get two specific groups each day on specific skill practicing with their position coach. Now in a week, now NCAA allows us six practices a week, right, one day all for games. I can get everyone in twice through the week. It's fantastic.
0: Either through early work or BP side. Yes. And yeah. then
1: when they go to the early work or BP sides, now when they're going out during the live BP round, they can just perform. Mm-hmm. So now I can fight out just perform. So I'm getting in my teamwork and I'm getting in my individual work all throughout that. And again, it is because of the scheduling. Now, again, you got to be careful, like, you know, we we'll have all of our kids schedules. So I know that like, wait a minute, man, Tuesday, I can't do early work with outfielders because 50% of our guys have got a chemistry lab okay. at one o'clock. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. So we'll rotate it in to where those guys are never there on that, on that Tuesday cycle. And
0: so, so, and you said, if you bring a guy in for early work, you're not pulling them for BB sides.
1: That That is correct. Okay, That's correct. So, he, if the outfielders are doing early work today, my BP sides are going to be with first baseman, third baseman, or middle infield guys or catchers. Mm-hmm. That yep. is correct. And now we've got, we got a couple dual guys too. So if I got a dual guy, you know, um, if you got the hybrid as we call them, right? Mm-hmm. So that hybrid guy, that hybrid guy gets a lot of BP work. He gets a lot of pre-work. Oh, yeah. Right? So our middle guys going to be a lot on top of that. Try to make all – I mean, I can't think – maybe there's one or two guys here. I'm top of my head. Coach Salenza. Okay. Never worked Coach Salenza out in the middle infield. Did work at the corner third. Um, but try to get all of our guys to where they not only got a primary we'll do primary day in BP, we'll do secondary day in BP, and then we'll do tertiary day. So, whatever day it is, that's the position you're working on. So, again, as all, you know, we talk about all the time, you don't want to be a coach and get in a situation, somebody gets hurt, uh, something happens in the game, and we say, okay, well, let's put, uh, Michael out there at third, and then I look at myself in the mirror and go, "I've never had that's Michael fine. at third base. That's Coach Cyrus's fault. That that's my fault not being proactive enough in the multiple practice sessions pre-work, post-practice work, BP sides that I didn't give him a chance to be over there. So whatever happens, in his fault. That's on me. That's how I take it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're very fortunate to have the time, um, the facilities." Um, and then again, to me, man, it's all about just making sure you keep, however you do it, spreadsheet, whatever you do. I do my own spreadsheet. So I know, hey, last Tuesday we had the outfielders. This is what we worked on with the outfielders. And then when I come back to that, I know exactly what we're going to do again. And sharing that with the kids. Yeah. You know, sharing that with them. Hey, remember this? We worked on this slide. On Wednesday we did this. Now we're going to add this on. So I think just being open, um, vulnerable again to your student athletes, and definitely, as we all do, telling them why we're doing it.
0: Oh, yeah. for sure, for sure. I mean, why we're
1: doing it? And how really help them?
0: I think that shows a strong coach too. A strong so some a lot of coaches are, will get defensive on when a kid asks why or if they don't. I love the, it. A coach who doesn't know, you know. I think strong coaches know why, and strong coaches aren't afraid to tell them why. You know, a lot of times if you start with the purpose, you should be already thinking the purpose anyways. That's why we're doing the drill. You know. How
1: old are your kids? Nine. My twins.
0: My, my twins are nine. Yeah. All
1: right. Now are least- these. Okay. So you're still, you're still semi-hero at nine?
0: Yeah. Semi-hero. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, I miss my minor. I've got, I've got a lot better now. got But I tell our student all the time, they come in, I said, man, I loved it when my son and daughter were in that one to two area. And they would always ask me why, mm-hmm. because in my head, all, they wanted to know they wanted to learn. I said, so that's what I want with you guys. You ask me why it's not a, it's not a negative. I don't take it as on oh, my lord. He's questioning it. No. Right. And, and again, if I haven't answered why, again, that's back on me. If mm-hmm. I haven't explained why that's up, then that, that's on me. Because I don't want us to be doing something, just go, oh, here's a time, Phil. That's great. And then we get out there in the actual game and go, wait a minute, coach, we didn't actually do, wait, why are we doing this? So yeah, I i love the wise man. I love
0: them. Yeah. I, I i totally agree. I totally agree. And that just, I can just go to the show and just, Uh, your humbleness. And I think it just goes into show your leadership, you know, and again, I think bringing in the, the commitment versus compliance. And I love how you said that and, and how, and how you're going to get more of a committed guy when they, when they know that and and the things like that. And that's the kind of guys you're, you continue to develop, you know? So it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. But I think, I think, I I think that's, that's a pretty powerful place to stop too, man. Like, I don't know how like, that's, you know, knowing your why and and loving the wise, I think that's, Man, like I, I'm gonna. That's gonna be. That's at the top of the list right there, man.
1: And oh. if you can go back to my 23 year old guy again, I'm. I'm yeah. Um, I, I, I knew it, knew the why, but it, it's really kind of manifested itself even more so now. And I think also as a coach to be able to share that with your with your student athletes.
0: Yeah.
1: Here's my why. Why I'm doing this for you. Here's why I love you and care about you. Yeah. Uh, Here's why I'm holding you accountable. Here's why we have these core values. I don't want you coming back to me in 5, 10, 15 years and say, "My Coach, you let me get away with that let me cheat on that. You never said anything about me there. I didn't feel like you loved me. I didn't feel like you cared for me. Um, that would hurt me more than saying, man, I wish you'd have spent more time with me on my power base at the plate um, because I really think that would have helped me spray the backside of field a little bit better. Right. Yeah, so it kind of, kind of all comes full circle there, man. Absolutely. For sure.
0: No, for sure. That was – Fantastic. So, coach, let me ask you something. Like, so would you mind if you would put your email out if anybody else wanted to ask you about like oh, your side stuff? Body. You know, sure. the I'll, I'll you give board my now.
1: email and my Twitter yeah. handle. Okay. Yeah. Uh email is R-R-S-I-E-R-S at Salisbury edu. We've got to have a little go goals love in there. Go goals, baby. Yeah, absolutely. And then my Twitter handle is at R R S I E R S, and I'm a pretty um, I, I'm a very consistent yeah. Uh, tweeter.
0: Yeah, you're a pretty active tweeter
1: and retweeter. Um, I do our, I do ours, and I also do our Salisbury baseball Twitter account as well. So I'm kind of the dual thing on that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if anybody wants to reach out to me, man, love helping people. Um, love adding value uh, to people personally and professionally. Um. And that, that's been a joy in 32 years of coaching um, and teaching is being able to do that. Um, and I think by keeping that in the kind of the forefront there, somebody's why, mm-hmm. um, it, it gives you a very grateful appreciation for every day you wake up um, and get to think, man, I get to go out um, and make an impact on, uh, on young men. That's, uh, that's, that, that, that's been powerful for me uh, for my 32 years.
0: Yeah, and you certainly have uh, made an impact on me. So, I mean, I really well, appreciate all yeah. your efforts.
1: I appreciate that, brother, very, very much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, again, Coach, I was can't thank you enough for all this time, and I, I love it. And I'm glad we were able to finally re- actually record a conversation with us <laughs> because <laughs> we've had many of them. I'm like, we might as well just record it. So
1: um,
0: this, is, this is fantastic, Amen. and I just love talking to you. And I'm sure we're going to talk more about some, some side stuff's of early work. I'm going to pick your brain about that sure. even more probably.
1: Absolutely. Um, Be glad to send you all of our stuff, everything that we do. Love uh, it um and our uh our fall practices are always open any coach and stuff want to come oh, absolutely.
0: out
1: which we've been really kind of cool too to kind of have that it's kind of nice uh on top of that to have them come out and i will if you do come out or any of other coaches want to come out to our practice man we'll have the schedule for you uh the practice schedule for you all of our bp side stuff run off for you and you're more than welcome to keep it use it um to help you in your uh your program
0: yeah that'd be awesome that'd be awesome I mean, I've 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 taken that Approach more because you know, sometimes the ABC angle and going to conventions are tough, you know, and um, but being able just to go go watch someone else's practice is huge. Like, I, I remember you know, this is this spring, I had the opportunity, I, I just wanted to go see Mike Franklin, I could talk to him. I just like, I gotta go watch awesome. this guy teach, I gotta go watch oh. it. It was, it was incredible. I mean, it was just incredible, like the teacher that he is. And and I'm like, if I had a if I if I could, you know, when I get a chance to go places, I, ne- I need to go.
1: Oh man, one of the things, you know, I, I um. I tried to a couple years ago, tried to go to, a, again, blessing of college here, try to pick somebody in the fall. I went to University of Kentucky, Coach Mangione, um welcomed me in, let me come in there for three. It was unbelievable. Put me on the – I'm sitting there going, you got to be kidding me. On the it, it, That's one thing I love about the baseball and the ABC and, and the Coach Association. It, maybe their Coach Association are just like us. I don't know. But it just seems like people are so willing to share. For sure. Um and as folks to say, no, this is mine, you can't have it. And no, man, hey, what do you have for me? And all right, coach, we do this. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I try to do that too. And that, that's awesome with the outsiding. But man, love to have you come down. One thing I would ask you, if you come down, we'll get you to talk to the guys.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: as always, uh, get our alumni to come back and talk to them and love them up, man. But that'd be fantastic. I appreciate you having me on too, buddy. I appreciate yeah. it very much. I uh, love you. Wish you the best of luck. Um, love the podcast here. I really kicked my podcast listening up to the to the roof here during COVID. Yeah. I used to be an okay podcast guy, more of a reader, but now I'm fine. Even when I'm working out or I'm running, I'm like, I'm I'm all podcasting.
0: Yeah. yeah
1: I that's love great. it. That's I great. listened What's... to Coach Demi the other day and love him with all my heart.
0: Tammy's a man. Oh. a man.
1: I, Yes. <laughs> man, I absolutely love him.
0: Yeah. I appreciate
1: okay. it, buddy, very much.
0: I appreciate you, Coach. Love you, man, and I appreciate okay. it.
1: Yes, sir. You all talk right. to you soon. Yes, sir. Okay, bye. bye.
0: Thanks. Thank you for joining us. And sticking with us this the entire time on the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. Hope you found some great information from Coach Ron Sires on leadership, on practice, especially defensive practice, and how we can do some better defensive, especially individual defensive work that we typically don't get to see a lot of, as well as just the importance of learning, continuous to learning, and knowing the reason why we're doing it and not being and always thinking of ourselves and what we're not doing rather than blaming others and saying it's about the kids' fault. You know, he puts so much ownership in of, of himself before, you know, he points the blame. So, um, you know, I just love that. I love his ownership, love his love his leadership when it comes down to what haven't I taught the kids so they're not being successful. What haven't I done to allow them not to be successful there? He's always looking at himself first true mark of a leader, and honestly, one of the most respectful things that kids would want to see, and that's why kids want to play for him. So, again, if you want to reach out to Coach Sires, his email is rrsires at salisbury.edu, rrsires, S-I-E-R-S, at salisbury.edu, or you can find him on Twitter at rrsires. Twitter is at rrsires. Thank you so much for being here with us from the Better Men, Better Ballplayer podcast. If you have anything... Uh, that you like it please share give us a rating on iTunes as we keep on trying to get better ourselves so um I can't thank you enough and I want to hopefully see you guys all next week where we continue to try and get better and find a person who is not only helping kids become better ballplayers but also helping them become better men thank you for joining us keep getting better